Hello there and you're very welcome to Barry Abbreviated, your one-stop shop podcast talking all things news, random topics and movies. I hope you're all keeping well. So this week we're back doing news and a topic. I got two news stories and for, day, for today's topic I will be talking about the science behind queuing. So uh, first story of the day I'd ta- like to talk about the whole Niall Buchanan being Banksy conspiracy theory. Uh, this story gained a lot of traction last week and I don't know who came up with it but I absolutely love it. Uh, so there is some truth to the whole theory behind this one. Uh, they aren't just making the link because Nile used to make the big elaborate pieces on Art Attack, such as one time he drew like this big snail just by using a lawnmower in a field. It's actually quite amazing. Um, actually, did you know that uh, Nile Buchanan was part of a heavy metal rock group called Marseille? So in college, Nile he studied music over art, is what you said, and um, then as part of his band in places that he performed were actually near some of the lo- locations that Banksy then put up bits of his art. So the people are kind of uh, calling on that theory for the link. Um, I wish this theory was true. I don't think it's true at all, but with all the 2020 has been thrown at us, I think it would be nice to put a bit of light in it. Uh, people on Twitter have also been sharing their thoughts on it, uh, such as uh, Game of Thrones' very own Samuel Tarley. He tweeted, Niall Buchanan is not Banksy. Could Banksy use cardboard tubes from old toilet rolls and different coloured ping pong balls to make a trap so you could tell if anybody had been in your room while you'd been out? I think we know the answer to that. It's no. And now, as all good things must come to an end, uh, Niall Buchanan, he did speak out in the matter on his website. And he did say, Hi folks, you won't be surprised when I tell you, contrary to the recent media frenzy, I am honestly, hand on heart, not Banksy. Trust me, if I'd created some of those amazing images he has made, it would be the first to stand up and take a bow. Sadly, I didn't create them. He also said that he spent lockdown with his loved ones and his family. So, and, and he's also uh, he's actually releasing a new art collection in 2021. And I think it's always nice to hear from someone that you watched as a kid. And you just hear that they're doing alright. Usually there's some horror stories to follow that. But anyway. And a uh, second story of today. I'd like to talk about the Free Britney movement that's going on. I see on Facebook people posting like links and these big long articles telling the whole story. And maybe on my own here, but when I do see these posts, I would like to read them, but then you click see more and you just see that that goes on and on for ages. And that just puts me off reading the whole thing completely. So hopefully if there is anyone out there like me, just would like to get listen in here, the story is. So the whole Britney Free movement is basically about Britney Spears being kind of controlled by her family. She doesn't get any say in what she does performing-wise or act the full control over the money she earns. So to take things back... Uh, it, goes, it starts in like 2004, Britney Spears, she got a knee injury when she was recording a music video for the song Outrages. Now that song was actually never released as well. And at the time she was doing a world tour, she started do, um, she started actually dating one of her backup dancers as well, uh, Kevin Fitterling. And from that injury, she then needed surgery and a lot of the dates ended up getting cancelled for the rest of the tour. And there was a bit of ambiguity to the whole tour being cancelled because of the knee injury. It was rumoured that it was just a cover-up or something else, but nothing really came out about it. Anyway, uh, time passed and Brittany, she got married to Kevin Federline. Sometime after that, she decided she would retire from the whole pop star and that kind of lifestyle. And from that, she gained a little bit of control, such as power over website. And then Brittany, she then started posting poems about being a caged tiger and asking the media to give her some privacy. So fans of Britney Spears, like they obviously took notice and they kind of rallied behind her and asked the media to give her some space and leave her alone. 
So uh, we then jumped to 2006 and it started to become more apparent that Britney wasn't happy with her music label as she started to go around different radio stations in America with a demo album called Original Doll. The album kind of alluded to stuff going on in the background that we weren't being told about, but the music label like, weren't happy with this message and they, kind of, they didn't want to be associated with it. So that, that uh, album was actually never released as well. And then going to 2007 and 2008 is when Britney went through the whole divorce with Kevin Federline. There was the whole custody battle, battle over their two kids and she also had that famous breakdown where she shaved her head and was attacking photog- her paparazzi with an umbrella. And in the same year, uh, that is when Britney's dad, Jamie, filed a conservatorship over that. And with that, it basically means that she's a, he's a legal guardian over her. But the mad thing is that he actually got it saying that she had dementia and at the same time, Britney, she was still performing, she was still touring at the time. She wasn't exactly someone that was being recluse and taking time off to recover. But from getting that conservatorship, he was in full control of her financials and her healthcare. And the dad even gets $1.1 million a year just for being in that role. And from this role, Britney gets an allowance every month from her dad, even though all the money that she is making, she, she doesn't have a say in that. And she, she she can't sign any contracts without her dad's approval. She can't even drive a car without without his consent. And I, I kind of get the whole idea because from Brittany, she, like, she became va- famous at a very young age. So obviously the parents are going to be involved, stuff like that. But I kind of like the way it doesn't seem to be coming from the right place with the parents. It just seems to be very money-driven, which is obviously really horrible to see. And But I do kind of understand that with her having a mental illness, they do need to take a bit of responsibility. But with that, it just it's horrible to see because it just they just seem to be very money driven. And um, there was supposed to be a case against it this year where she was trying to get her dad off as the main conservator, but that is actually being put back to February next year because of COVID. COVID uh, supporters have also been showing up outside the courthouse protesting, and that has gained media coverage. And the court doesn't want a big media fixation on the case. But I don't know how they're going to get around that because obviously a case with Britney Spears, it's, it's going to attract attention anyway. Um, there is more info on the movement online if you would like to look more into it. I haven't covered absolutely everything here. That's just the bare bones, but hopefully that gives you an idea in the whole situation. Um, that leaves us with this week's topic, uh, the science behind queuing. I know this may seem very random and a weird topic, but a while back I heard an expert on the radio talking about it and I found it interesting. Especially with today's climate, we will find ourselves queuing a lot more, so what's the harm in knowing a bit about it? Uh, as far as I know, uh, queuing wasn't really studied until the rise of skyscrapers came about. And in New York, they first had a deal with the problem with surges of people waiting for lists at busy times, such as your lunch times and home times. Uh, they then seen this, like with that, a rise in complaints on the waiting times for lifts and the likes. So, like, obviously you can think, what can you do? You can't start tearing down the building again to make way for new lifts because that'll be cutting down floors and walls and everything and that'll just, that'll just make everything messy and very costly as well. So what they did is they came up a way of just actually distracting people while they waited. So they did this simply by, like, adding music into foyers and uh, having, like, floor-to-ceiling mirrors beside lifts. And from that, just waiting on left people could just give themselves a final look over and stuff like that and just basically distract themselves from what they're waiting and um that is from that there they've seen a major drop off in the amount of complaints about waiting times like you still had to wait the exact same amount of time nothing had changed about the list or anything but all you had now was, it was just you had a bit of distraction 
And it actually kind of made me think then about when I was like, I used to work in a hotel and uh, beside the lift there and like this lift was unbelievably slow. But like there was a mirror then where you waited for the for the lift in the foyer and also inside the lift as well, there was another mirror. So I, I think that's, that's uh, kind of transgressed across then into the whole lifts as well because you do notice there's a lot of mirrors in lifts now. And, and another place in America that is notorious for queuing is Disney World. They also deal with huge amounts of people waiting in line for line for rides and stuff. So they try to keep people happy. And all they did was just something very simple was they added corners to the queues. So it all to do with the psychology as to when you're waiting in line and you think you're approaching the corner, you think, oh, this must be the last corner. That has to be the ride right up ahead. But then it's not. So it's just all about kind of psychology, tricking you into hope, getting your hopes up and then just dashing them. But that's kind of the thinking behind that. And another thing that they did, I don't know if they do this anymore, but uh, what they used to do was, because they had like Disneyland, with it's a kind of a kid's attraction a lot of the time, and kids might not always be the most patient people in the world. So what they did was, along the places you're waiting in line, they got like interactive segments, and that could be like a wee jigsaw or something that you could move along the wall, or like a wee maze or something like that. But a problem they did experience from that was that then people kind of lagged back and waited at the stuff that there was something interactive to do. Because I think it's more fun to be actually just doing something than nothing at all. So I'm not too sure if they did get rid of that, simply because it was making the li- wasn't actually making the line flow on more. But anyway, and from my own experience, I remember waiting in line on the Tower of Terror ride in uh, Disneyland Paris, and like it did have all the features of the twists and turns to probably just play on your mind. But as well as that, they didn't have any of the interactive stuff. But um, as the further you got in along the queue, you got inside like the inside the haunted hotel place, and it was just like. It was very interesting just how like places decorated up and everything. It's it's very cool. So I think that was something just like interesting to look at past the time. And I'd also like to shout out to Jedward. They're actually being the voices of reason again on Twitter, speaking out against people anti mask anti masking out there. And I just think it's amazing. I just guess that shows what twenty twenty will throw at you. And I think that is it for this week's episode. If you would like to get in contact with the podcast with questions or suggestions of future topics or films, you can do that on Instagram at Barry Abbreviated. That is where I will be posting any updates or announcements for the week. If email is more your thing, you can shoot me an email at barryabbreviated at gmail.com. I'd like to thank Rob O'Sullivan who's helped throw these out. He's at Rob Hand on Instagram. Uh, next week, I'm hoping to do an episode about Donald Walsh. With September being Suicide Awareness Month, I would like to talk a bit about him as he was such an advocate for loving life. I will try to have that up in time for next Thursday. It might just take a while to put everything together, such as research and that. I do plan on reading uh, Donald Mountain, the book that is by his dad, Finbar Walsh. So hopefully that will be all ready for next week. And uh, this has been uh, Barry Abbreviated. Till next time, uh, thank you for listening and have a good one.